Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. iConnections is the world's largest capital introduction platform in the alternative investment industry. iConnections membership only platform brings together the asset management community, providing allocators and managers with the opportunity to connect both physically and virtually. With an impressive network of over 4,000 allocators and 900 managers, their community oversees an astounding $48 trillion and $16 trillion in assets, respectively. iConnections is also the driving force behind the alternative investment industry's most renowned in-person events. We invite you to join iConnections at their upcoming event, Salt iConnections in New York, taking place on May 20th through the 21st at the Glass House in New York City. This two-day event is packed with one-on-one cap intro meetings and content. To explore more about iConnections events and gain access to their members-only platform, visit iConnections.io. Hi, welcome to a bonus, bonus. edition, a, a very special said, bonus I edition of On the Tape. Swisher. I yeah. said that. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, people always ask us, Guy, remember she used to come on the Fast Month? Well, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Welcome back, actually. Kara was one of our very first guests yes. uh, on the tape in yeah. March, I think, of 2021. Yeah, it was. And you've come back to OK Computer. You yeah. don't love the name. It's probably growing on you a little no. bit, but no. this is on the, on no. the tape podcast. Can I say something? When Kara <laughs> says something, she's not going to yeah. indulge no. you. No. No. She I does know. not suffer fools, yeah. which is amazing. She's here with me. I know. But I digress. Right, so Guy has never listened. Nice tan, by the way. San Francisco. Really? You're getting a lot of that. Just we're in Napa Valley. We oh, went to yeah. Napa on Monday. We stayed nice. at the Carneros Inn, which is nice. spectacular. Spectacular, yeah. Went to about five or six different vineyards, mm-hmm. but the off-the-beaten-path ones, like mm-hmm. Trouchard and oh. Kinski, I believe, as well. Yeah. So it was lovely. Good, yeah. And as I was saying before California's we started not there, bad. San Francisco was spectacular. I agree with you. I agree with spectacular. you. Spectacular. I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but not what I got. Well, you know, that's how Tucker Carlson reported it. It we'll was, it was a hell of a We're going to get to Tucker. <laughs> so let's, you know, the fired Tucker Carlson. Yes, um, noted. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's like any city in America. There's massive problems with fentanyl, with homelessness, and with all kinds of issues. But it is also limited to certain parts of San Francisco. There's definitely an uptick in larceny and things like that because people are really suffering. And and San Francisco's a little kinder to other people in other cities, but every single city, whether it's in Florida or Kentucky, they have all these same problems. And in fact, more violent, more actual dangerous violence is not. San Francisco's not even top of the list um, by any stretch. It's interesting you say that, and I'm I'm getting off the rails mm-hmm. a little bit, because sure. Dan's got things he wants to talk about, as do I. But <laughs> you know, you said. People don't have options. What it comes down to, people right. don't want. And I believe. Listen, there are mm-hmm. people that choose a life sure. of crime without question. Mm-hmm. But in a war, in a, in a country where the wealth gap is probably larger right. than it's ever been mm-hmm. between the have and the have-nots, mm-hmm. people are desperate. You know, we don't talk about this, but for I don't know, 
15% of our fellow Americans. This Absolutely. is 1928 to 1935. They're stuck in perpetual poverty and lack of education and food, you know, bad food, et cetera. It just it creates this situation. And then the drugs are so prevalent. There's all these mixes of fentanyl with other things, you know, one's the next, and they get preyed on by people. And, yeah. you know, one of the things, and they also try to equate homelessness with crime. It's not, there's not actually, no. it's not necessarily a, a, a Correlation, and what's interesting, I, many years ago, when I was talking to a lot of these billionaires in San Francisco who were up, up pricing houses, you know, that was another issue: is housing is a real, ex, still expensive, and and I, they were complaining as usual, like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to look at homeless people. And I said, why don't you do something about income inequality? Why don't you do something about something instead of just complaining and blaming the government or this and that? And and I and they, you know, they were doing the same thing. I said, what? Well, here's your choice. You're either going to armor plate your Tesla or you're going to do something about it. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but it's it's one of the problems with San Francisco is unfortunately what happened in this Bob Lee murder, which, of course, has turned out to be a drug related, but not in the way that they were saying. A lot mm-hmm. of the tech bros, including Elon Musk, were blaming it on homelessness, on crime. It turned out to be a very garden variety murder of people who knew each other. But the fact that they did that in the middle of a city that has these problems was shameful. I don't think people choose to be homeless. No. I don't think people – There again, there are people that choose to be criminals. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, it's a last resort. It is. It's, can I feed my family? And I'm not – listen, I'm not advocating violence, criminality, any of those things. But we have to understand what's going on here just to demonize these people out of pocket. Yeah. So. When you hear San Francisco is a hellscape, right. I hadn't been there in probably six or seven years since Dan and I no. were there last. It was anything but. Now I'm sure there are pockets, right. but I mean, we have to really— I could take you some terrible parts, but most of the city is fine. Yeah. Mostly. And I think what the issue is, is you have to also think about all the citizenry, not just the homeless, but the people living there, the taxpayers, the kids, and you have to, and the businesses. And I think that's one thing that hasn't been done enough is how can we all solve it together um, and I'm not talking about hold your hands in Kumbaya. It's a terrible problem and probably unsolvable on some level because of the price of housing there mm-hmm. um, and the politics of housing that's been going on, NIMBYism and YIMBYism. And so and, and it's tech has been at the center of it because they've, oh, they've just sent the prices up like crazy in the city. Anyway, it's a wonderful city. It's a, it's a city with problems like every other city in America, but it still remains my favorite place on earth. And uh, it's it's really got a spirit that it's just – I remember I walked out into – I live in the Castro and – I don't know. There's a there was a guy like naked. There was a guy wearing a fantastic outfit. There was like people from the Midwest. I was like, oh, it was so like home. interesting and diverse, and people just expressing themselves in really cool ways and not s- silly ways, but fun ways and interesting ways. And I just there's nowhere like it. There's nowhere like it. All right, Swisher Adami, 2028. That's going to be that was something yeah. that you were. I, I don't I know. Did. Your name was like kicked around yes. a bit yeah, a yeah. few years yeah. ago. Yeah, I thought about it. I yeah. thought about it. I love San Francisco, and I thought that the tech people had taken over. And I thought if someone could kick them around and get their money and shake them upside down, I could probably do it. Why wouldn't you do it? Because uh, I think there's the mayor doesn't have a lot of power in San Francisco. The city council does mm-hmm. essentially, and the board of supervisors are called. Are um, you still a resident though? If Diane Feinstein, if she resigned, could Gavin Newsom? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could could he? I guess so. Yeah, I'm a homeowner. All right, we're gonna start that. Point, <laughs> well, no, I'm being serious. You. That would be epic. They and that have would other you, people. Really, you London still Breed live in is among the names. The mayor of San Francisco is among the names yeah. uh, bandied about. All right, let's let's do this. Um, you know. 
you've had this prolific podcasting career. We're just mm-hmm. going to do that part of okay. it right here right. because okay. you, you know, last we spoke, I think it was in June, you had just left New York times sway. Mm-hmm. You were starting on, mm-hmm. right. um, and you know, at the time you mentioned you want to own your IP. You've That's correct. Gone, you started at the Washington post. You were at mm-hmm. the wall street journal. You started they one of the first blogs, have, yeah. you know, uh, and, and we want to get to, you know, uh, as you left with Walt Mossberg, um, you wanted to take all things D, but that's why you started. It's 16 Recode. years old. I mean, it's pretty epic, right? And yeah. so, I mean, you were like at the forefront of that. The mm-hmm. first, very first podcast I ever listened to was Recode Decode. Yeah. I think it was we back st- in I started the podcast division for Vox, which is now a very big business. So here you are. So you own something, you mm-hmm. own a brand. Um, mm-hmm. You have the pivot with um, uh, Professor Galloway, which mm-hmm. is like killing it every time I look at the, the, the top we of had the our charts. Biggest, yeah. We had our biggest, uh, today was our biggest. It's getting big. Yeah. It's getting so, so, big. so here, here, here you are right now. I had the lady at the restaurant who's doing co-check. She's like, I love you guys. And I was Isn't like, that great? I know. I was like, thanks. It was the demographics are fascinating because it's not where you'd think it would be. Um, it's all over the place. I had a fireman stop me and then a trans person and then hug me. And it's interesting. It's <laughs> yeah. getting pretty big. I will say this. that So I was at Georgetown, which I know you are a grad. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. a grad. Guys, three kids went there. Mm-hmm. My, my daughter, my oldest daughter is there. And we had two people. Um, uh, this was in the fall when I was like checking her in, I think, and whatever, mm-hmm. who came up to me. Students said, mm-hmm. I love your podcast. Ah. That and normally we you hear it all the time. Yeah. I saw you on TV, or you see right. on Fast Money, and that sort of thing. That was a real interesting sea change. Because they um, have for a me. they have a relationship with you and yeah. your voice. I yeah. know it sounds it's a much more intimate medium for people. Yeah. And when when I had four well, three four women of color came up to me on the in the in the Muni in San Francisco and said, "I love your podcast," mm-hmm. and I was like, "You're not my demographic. Yeah. It's usually a tech guy, right?" And it was just the, the emotional connection you have via podcasting is profound. Yeah, I think. no, it is. It's a very it's a, it's and an fun. intimate relationship. You're yeah. walking your dog. You're taking your kids to soccer practice. Whatever you're in your ear, and mm-hmm. um, we really enjoy it. And and again, you are an inspiration. The, the guys you. at Crooked, Bill mm-hmm. Simmons, like those yeah. are that's what we wanted Been to a do great here. Job. I think. Yeah. We're on our way, guy. All right, let's talk about space with money and power. It's it's pretty cool. The first time you were on, we were probably in our bedrooms. It was during the pandemic. I'm doing these things. I I don't have a nice studio. I know. We're we're working on it. You can come here whenever you want. (laughs) You can podcast here. All right, let's talk a little bit because I thought your interview with Ben Smith, okay, was really interesting last week on On. And you were talking about the shifting, you know, like, I mean, the ground is moving between media. Now, you would probably tell us that's been going on your whole career. That's correct. But it's accelerating now. Talk to us a little bit because. I, I think so, because what, with what happened last week, you guys didn't even get to talk about NBC Fox, Universal. Yes, yeah. It literally happened well, in the look, next 24 NBC hours. NBC Universal was a guy who, yes, who misbehaved. Same old, right? same, that's same old, same old. Same old, yeah, same old. Yeah, yeah. He just got caught this yeah, time, essentially, yeah. or they decided to do something about it, not got caught. Um, this, that was sort of classic. I didn't think that was very different. Well, I BuzzFeed News closing down was interesting. They did, but that's not a surprise. Yeah, slopes, I mean, they didn't yeah. make money, and it didn't, uh, and it spent a lot of money. And when I was running a competing news organization, it was a problem because they overpaid for everybody, yeah. and they spent so much money. And I'd be sitting there going, "This is not economic," I, and we, I wouldn't do it. I had a couple people who were offered jobs there, and. Um, one of them was like, are you going to match it? And I said, I don't want to pay you your salary. <laughs> so no, there's no yeah. way. It was crazy. So I didn't, you know, one of the problems is they were trying to create, and they created some great journalism. Let's st- stop there. See, I mean, yes. Ben did a great job, a lot of investigations, a lot of stories, but it just didn't, um, it didn't have the economics in place. And that's what's brutal now is not, it, it was, it was being carried by, by venture capitalists yeah. really. And then when it went public, we all understood because they had to keep up and then the stock dropped. And so they couldn't be doing that, uh, doing that stuff. And they couldn't afford the fanciness of what was 
Well, you yeah. told me this though years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, "Listen, we're making all our money. This is Recode mm-hmm. on yeah. podcasting, which was this brand mm-hmm. new medium, and you yep. were owning it, and then also events. events and I thought yeah. that was really fascinating. Oh, so, so, so I guess, so I guess where I wanted to go with this is like when you're sitting there with Ben at Semaphore, mm-hmm. we have Puck, we have uh, mm-hmm. Platformer. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So, all of these great journalists, um, the information which I know you really like. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it, them all. It all seems, them. but it seems like really hard. Like if Twitter is breaking down as as a, as a platform, mm-hmm. um, how are like you know? You, right, you, platformer. Guess what? Casey Newton is by himself. He just hired someone else. Yeah. He lives in my house in San Francisco, so it's no, but, not a big. But what expense. I'm saying, it's very, it's 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 um, it might be hard to um, for for the next listener, for the next user, the next yeah. reader to find all of these. That, no, that's he's what I'm not. Saying. He's not getting his people from Twitter. There's yeah. lots of places. When we were doing Recode. Twitter was a very de minimis amount of referrals. Mm-hmm. It just was the noisiest. Mm-hmm. It was sure the noisiest, and everyone talked about it. But to get – it was always like organic Facebook, LinkedIn, if I had to, like, list them. LinkedIn was shockingly mm-hmm. big for our stuff. Just so you know, we still hear that, by the yeah. way. LinkedIn is still LinkedIn, really good it was yeah. because that's where people are actually consuming things mm-hmm. quietly, like figuring out what they're looking for a job or advice or stuff. Twitter was never – a never important to us. We never even did it. it was important for brands. You and Ben talked about this a little bit. So for those journalists to go and have that, yes. And and, and politicians, I would say. Yeah, and sports and entertainment. I mean, it's it's actually... Entertainment people have pulled off of it rather significantly. They did a long time ago, actually, because it was such a noisy, you know, toxic waste dump for many hoods. And now it's like... Yeah, I guess, I guess my you know, point, Chernobyl, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, there was a time where a, a lot of this stuff was very centralized, right? And so, like, to me, you know, now I just think that there's going to have to be a rebundling of some of this stuff at some point because all of these different subscriptions right, are going to be really yeah. hard. Uh, yes, that's bit. true. Yeah. That is true. But I think people, like, right now I pay for platformer, I pay for information, I pay for Puck. Um I pay for New York Magazine. Mm-hmm. I actually do. But you still pay for the Times. You pay for the Washington I, I Post. Pay You're paying for all the stuff yes. that you used to, and now well, I'm a lot doing that more. with cable too. So it's it, as long as I get value out yeah. of it, I buy it. Like Disney Plus, you know, I have a small daughter, and she watches Frozen 14 yeah. times a, a day, um, and so that's worth it. Like yeah. that. It, well, where is this going with the demise? Let's say of linear television is really what I'm kind of saying here, because yeah. I think there's a super bundle, and I think w- among certain Perhaps. verticals, I think like someone like you could roll up all of the best tech journalists yes. and get away into pop culture, that sort of thing. It's and, been tried. Yeah. It's been tried. So how do you how do you monetize it? Like advertising? John John Battelle tried that, if you remember. Yes. He had that, what it was called, they better rated recount. They weren't doing anything. I mean, I, yeah. I know John, and he's a legend. No, I know, but I'm that saying that was the concept behind it. I know, it. but think about everything we just talked about. Is like, we look, look at all our sponsors. We have these amazing financial right. services companies. They want to be with people that they deem to be influencers in the space. Sure, leaders, so that what sort of would stuff. they need? Like, that's what Substack kind of is. Like, but eventually you get big enough. But Substack so what do you, is what do you really need just a them? platform company just to launch your own little business. And I just think that right. all of those... Co- all so why those, can't they just be little businesses? I, I just don't think it's going to work that really, way. Really? I yeah. think they can be. I think they can be lucrative little businesses. for Media don't make money. Like it's not yeah. a very lucrative business if you really get down to it. And even like something like the New York Times, I mean, I think it made, I'm trying to blank. I think it was $2.6 billion we'll in revenue and mm-hmm. 397 in operating profits. That's not very big. They're, they're tough. Let's talk about. That's not big. Like it's great and they do a great job, but if, would you call that a massive business? No. no. Let's talk about journalism though. Mm-hmm. There used to be, this is again, my opinion, a nobility in journalism. Mm-hmm. Now the voices that, the voices that have gravitas mm-hmm. uh, are the ones that choose a side effectively and the people that are willing to be the most outrageous, it seems like. I mean, we can rattle off the names. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a middle ground. I mean, of the events of the last week or so, 
Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson, more to come, I'm sure. Yes. Is that a seminal moment? Will we get back to some level of normalcy or will just somebody fill that no, void? No, I think voice is really important now. And that's what we did when we broke away from the Wall Street Journal. One of my issues was that, you know, if something happened at Comcast. Peter Kafka had a take at the time, but he never got to say it. He just mm -hmm. had to do one person said, the other person said. And I have this very famous thing. It's called the to be sure state moment where in the journal you had to go to be sure. Some people think web van is great. And I was like, it's not like as a reporter, I'm like, it's not. They're idiots. That's that this person who I'm about to quote is a fucking idiot. And so you 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 can do reported analysis is what it is. And the question is, are you right some most of the time? And. Those who are right, people start to trust. And one of the things that's great about Pivot is we're right a lot. Like mm -hmm. things happen and we go, mm, we don't think. That. And when we're wrong, we say so. But often we we call it, right, because we've been doing reporting and analysis at the same time. And so I think there are really loud voices, and that's mostly political. It's not in the business. They're sort of in the business. You have some screamers. But in general, if you're wrong, you end up failing. You mm -hmm. don't end up attracting. People are like, that. well, wrong stock pick, wrong this, wrong that. In politics, it doesn't really matter if you're wrong. You just you just take a side or your propaganda vehicle. I mean, Tucker Carlson's, I don't know what he well, is. Well, it matters in so much that it influence. I mean, people respect you. People mm -hmm. are, I don't want to say brainwashed, but mm -hmm. are influenced by people like Tucker Carlson and people on the yeah. other side as well. That's dangerous. I would agree, but it's nothing new. This is not something that, you know, look, uh, the 30s had plenty of people, Father Coughlin, mm -hmm. all these people, Absolutely. There's all, you know, right down to Hitler, like these people are propaganda works. And to me, that's what, that was always propaganda to me and, 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 or for whatever purposes they might have to have it. What's really interesting about say the Tucker, that everything's different. Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon couldn't be more different, the right. situation. Um, in Tucker Carlson's case, he forgot that he worked for Rupert Murdoch and thought he was more important. And he's not particularly entrepreneurial. Some people like Rogan, I don't like a lot of his stuff, but boy, he's entrepreneurial. He went out and did things. He created something. I get it. I get why it works. I see why he's people like to listen to him. But Tucker Carlson has advantaged himself on the platform of Rupert Murdoch Correct. that Rupert Murdoch made. And if he was too stupid not to see what happened to Bill O'Reilly or mm -hmm. Megyn Kelly or Glenn Beck, then I don't know. He thought he was bigger. And I'm sorry, but you don't slap daddy, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, or I call him Uncle Satan, my fond name for Rupert Murdoch. But he, he has – he, when he gets tired of someone, he just throws them out and he looks at them like, um, you know, like fodder. And he, he think, thought he was it. Now, we'll see. Maybe he will break the thing and he'll start a podcast thing and it will be all successful and make a lot of money. But he'll never have the same influence. Never. He'll never be able to coalesce people around an audience the way that he could have every night at Fox News saying whatever he wanted. Um, and none of the rest of you people at Fox News, you cross daddy, you're dead. And that's what he did. And it sounds like there's a lot of texts and audio. Does that change when daddy's dead? He's 93 years old. Um, and No, they're you know, not going to bring him back. No, they'll find no, someone else. No, what I'm saying is, is like, is there like, it's kind of like the, uh, and, and again, guy, I, yeah, I know you're like not even succession. watching Succession, but, um, yeah. you know, Kara's got, an H, she's got a podcast <laughs> after Succession. So I if, do. You, if you didn't get enough of Succession, you can it's listen great. to Kara break it's it all. Good. It's amazing. And you had Brian Cox on He's great. last week. Well, and why it, didn't I get a death scene, Kara? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't produce it. He kept bollocks. Did that make uh, you feel a little No, uh, I love him. No, not at all. No, he's Scottish. He's Scottish, British. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, 
but he was only going to do it for ten minutes, and then he just had a lot he to kind say. Of enjoyed it, right? Yeah, he did. We had a good time. Well, I, I just wonder though. I mean, to Guy's point, I think that you know Tucker had three and a half million um, people. He was really the, the loudest, angriest voice. He was pushing yeah. misinformation. He was, sure. uh, you know, a lot of veiled um, hate speech. Oh, and, and, his and documentaries were you know, laughable. Yes, they're dangerous. But guess what? They'll find another one. They they'll just move on from him, and then. So we'll what see. does that say about um, the citizenry here? I'm, again. Well, they didn't want to hear anything but what he... But they, why is that? Well, because they like that story. Everybody's... You know, I, I think you have an idea of this country is more united than it has I, been. I don't have any ideas. I, I don't yeah, think this yeah, country ever was yeah. united. I just think you're seeing it now. Mm. I, I think there's always been these differences. You just didn't hear them 24 hours a day, and then you're surprised. It, let me just tell you, if you're a gay person, you know what this country's yeah. like. If you're a person of color, you know what this... Not that things aren't great. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not one of these people that goes, oh, it's a terrible country. Mm. It's so unfair. <laughs> But there's things that, as a woman, you see them and stuff like that. And I think one of the one of the issues with social media is it gives us so much information unfiltered in many ways that it feels like everything's a disaster zone. And you feel like maybe they have more power than they do. But they certainly have enough power to inflame a small group of people enough that scares the rest of it. But I'm firmly believe most people – it's a very small group of people that believe it. And they're very easily shifted, most of them – away from it once it turns off, you know, essentially. But it's propaganda. It's propaganda. All right. So it's not complex. On, not on that front, mm -hmm. um, because you said you don't slap daddy, mm -hmm. um, you know, daddy got slapped with a 787. He did. Mil yeah, well, that's yeah, another yeah, thing. Yeah. You don't cost, yeah. so, cost so, so, Uncle so, Satan that much money. Yeah. So, and do you don't. think that was really at the crux of it? And, and, sure. And, and then, yeah. Uh, it's just not stopped. It's, so what by the you, way, it's not stopped. Yeah, they got another one. And there's, who knows what's in those Abby Grossberg. Yeah. Oh, I think they're bad. They must be bad. Oh, 100%, 100%. As a journalist who, who was a beat reporter for mm -hmm. years, you know, you covered media, you covered tech, you covered other areas. What did you want to see happen with this thing? Did you want to see, um, like, like for instance, I've heard, like, a lot of interesting arguments, both sides. Yes, but, but we should protect them. Yeah. I don't think they're a news organization. I never yeah. have. Yeah. So I don't feel like defending them because they don't behave like a news. Uh, look, mis journalists make mistakes all the time, mm -hmm. as Ben said. Mm -hmm. But nobody does what they did. Mm -hmm. Nobody. I we were. I think both Ben and I, and we're pretty. You know, we're pretty hard-boiled people. We're like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, what are they saying to each other? What are they saying to the campaigns? You know, there's there's a there's a little too much closeness between political reporters and their subjects, and stuff. And same thing in tech and business and everything else. But I have never seen anything. If you had seen a report for the Wall Street Journal, like write some some business person, like here's how I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to say this. I think you'd be like, what? Like, I don't think you think that happens because it doesn't. And I think they are not – in my mind, they're not a news organization. They can call themselves fair and balanced. They're not. And they have an agenda. They're a political organization of Rupert Murdoch's political power, and which is fine. Like, he does that in Britain. He does that everywhere else. And But I, I never – I never was like, oh, I must defend Fox in order to defend democracy. It's just not my – I did not think they were on my side. Geopolitics, politics, technology, I mean – theoretically all your world seem to be mm -hmm. crashing together right now mm -hmm. in the form of U.S. China, Chinese oh, yeah. relations without question. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think the market, I can only speak for what Dan and I see, but I don't think the market's paying enough attention. Should we be? A hundred percent. You know, many years ago, I wrote a piece uh, about TikTok where I said, I love this product. It's going to be big. This was four years ago in the Times, but I use it on a burner phone. And everyone lost their friggin' minds. I was like, what are you talking about? The Chinese communist government is a threat to democracy. Well, and, and to I'm interrupting. I don't mean – but yeah, sure. so it's – people were exorcised mm -hmm. when a balloon flew across the country. Sure. 
but those same people were exercised on their phones, which are the greatest listening devices That's of all correct. time, vis-a-vis the TikTok application that they have embedded in the hundred percent. Surveillance is not my biggest thing, is, is well, except for maybe finding people who they could, whatever, the, the, the basic spycraft. But what I was more worried about is propaganda, again, mm-hmm. is the ability to shave, as Scott talks about, I talk about, to shave things off uh, of issues like kids, aren't, isn't the U.S. suck today? Mm-hmm. And by the way, some days the U.S. does suck. Mm-hmm. So, But to start to shave it a little bit and not – you don't know what they're doing. And so I, one, one of the problems I have is our, con- our, our regulators and, and the politicians – they're just saying it so without proving it. We have to, like, go through the process. Like, when they talk about banning, I'm like, well, for what and how? Are they a national security threat? If they're a national security threat, show us why they are. If you want to have them for sale, mm, that's not capitalism. You can't force someone to sell their company. Um, and so they have to – there's all kinds of ways of foreign ownership they could do it. But they really do have to, you know, cross their T's. Do you think – and you were reporting for years mm-hmm. and, and I remember you had the vestiger at your mm-hmm. conferences on mm-hmm. your pod all yeah. the time talking about yeah. regulation. This was yeah. the boogeyman for big tech. Really, for, and, and nothing really happened. And today as we're recording this, happened. the EU – nothing has happened. The oh, EU is blocking stopped. the activism yeah. deal. And again, Not I think surprise. Microsoft, given what's going on with OpenAI, they actually might be excited about that. They yeah. might be like, you know what? We don't need to spend $70 billion. We did that deal in January of 2022. Yeah. You think about They're how different of a world that's that what, was. That's what I'm told. Yeah, but in some ways, you know, think about it. Like, like they just spent, you know, $10 billion investing in open AI. Uh, again, it, I'd know, agree. I think it's a it's a headache for you, them. But do you think all the folks that you talk to and and, and the access that you have to these, um, you know, and predominantly men, um, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, who are running these massive multinational platform companies, mm-hmm. are they um, as focused now on this China situation as they were, let's say, regulation a few years ago? Because to me, well, this seems like- on regulation. There's some very significant investigations going on by yeah. government, but they're not going to go anywhere. They're, they're not going anywhere. But the China yeah. thing is really existential. When you think about, and Guy and I talk about this in our pods a lot, when the, the, the precedent that was set by U.S. multinationals when Russia invaded Ukraine, okay, mm-hmm. with, with what they were doing with their business in Russia, mm-hmm. let's say if the Chinese were to um, invade Taiwan or mm-hmm. do some sort of blockade or this tit for tat as far as this economic hot war that we're in, and there's no doubt about it, that's not calming down anytime soon, no. especially as we go into election no. year. I'm just wondering, are the powers that be as focused on this because we look at some of these companies with, you know, most of their growth coming from, let's say, China and there's, the Chinese in consumer. Tech, there's two particular countries, com- Tesla and Correct. Apple, right? That's, which we talk a lot. Yeah. A lot. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it just doesn't seem like that is priced into that. Maybe it's getting priced into Tesla right well, here. Well, you know, I don't think the Chinese are as thuggish as the Russians. I don't think you're going to yeah. see something like stupid on this, in this country's behalf. Like Putin's just a thug. He's a yeah. rogue state. Like, I don't think China thinks like that. What I'm more concerned about is – the reason I got started to get concerned is um, many years ago I, I was at an event and this admiral started talking about Chinese mm-hmm. cyber capabilities. And I really paid attention to him. And I went up to him afterwards and he said they're the single most important adversary of Absolutely. ours. And not militarily necessarily, but of course there's military issues. But he felt that they were way ahead in all kinds of uh, uh, tech and air ways. And, you know, people always discount the military. Those guys are sharp as – Freaking tax yeah. those top top level military people, and it's the first time someone really articulated the real issues that are going to be very hard to beat. And then early on, Mark Zuckerberg had talked about it with me about you know sort of a G or me argument, and I was like, don't want to pick, don't want to have to pick. But the idea of of national champions, which I'm not sure I agree with either, because I think most of the reason everything gets created in this country is because of innovation from the bottom up, not innovation from the top down. 
And so I was never really worried about their innovation cycle, especially it was controlled by the Chinese government. But certainly they, they, they really do put a lot of wood behind arrows there in the way we don't. Listen, th- you know, I equate it to Russia is Sonny Corleone. You can see mm-hmm. him coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Thuggish. Yeah. But right. easy to identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chinese are Michael Corleone. Does that Corleone. mean they're going to die in the toll booth? Maybe, yeah. okay. perhaps. Yeah. That was a great scene, by the that way. Was Did a you? Great scene. I mean, you got. I love that. Are no, you kidding? On, of really? course I am. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love that. Anyway. Yeah. But the Chinese scare me because I think they're calculating mm-hmm. and they're willing to lose battles mm-hmm. in order Long-term. to win. They've done that around the world with no minerals. Question. Look what they've minerals. done in Africa. I mean, they were in Africa yeah. ten years before they the rest were. of the world. They were, and I think it. I think one of the things they are a clear uh, rival, and they're also the opportunity for partnership too. They are also inextricably um, bound with us in terms of, of finances and uh, and products and stuff. So they've got to be careful too, because they, you know, Russia. Well. You know, they got oil, right? Okay, mm-hmm. that's it. And But China has, has a real strong relationship with the United States economically. And so every, everyone's got to be very careful about how we handle and, and get along. We have to get along with them because um, it's economically disastrous if we don't. I was just in San Francisco, as were you, mm-hmm. uh, the John Carroll weekend for Georgetown <laughs> University. I had the opportunity to speak to the dean of School of Foreign Service. Joel and, and he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And he said the Chinese had a real opportunity early on Russia-Ukraine mm-hmm. to sort of broker a peace deal. And he said the United States should have gone to them and said, here's your opportunity on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Take leadership. Mm-hmm. You want to be a player. Here it is. We're not going to abdicate. Mm-hmm. But we're giving you this shot. Obviously, it never came to fruition. Now that's long gone. But What's happening now? They talk. They do, but now through a completely different lens. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, so where does that – what does that mean for us here, if anything? Well, they're just stepping in. I mean, it's very difficult. Our relations with Russia are so bad. It's not, they're not going to go anywhere. And certainly the Ukrainians don't want to give up the, – the, the, don't want to end up giving up land. They shouldn't. It's their land. It's good. And allowing Putin to take – what he took only emboldens him. So I think we have to win. I mean, the coalition has to win on the ground there more significantly. But hard, hard to do, hard to hold a coalition together compared to Russia where he has complete control. And he doesn't mind throwing people and materials mm-hmm. at it. And with the help of others, China doesn't mind making them, making it hard for us. So Yeah, and to your point, Guy, I mean, Macron doing the trip that he did and everything mm-hmm. like that, I mean, it really yeah. does kind of... Um, but it has huge economic yeah. implications. I think ultimately China and the U.S. have to realize this isn't good for the two of us because we're more on the same level than but that's like a 2025 thing i mean if you think about it it's not likely to kind of calm down because um just with the you know the election next year and everything yeah with cme groups micro-sized futures and options you can access the same transparency and liquidity of the benchmark contracts with less upfront financial commitment. Diversify your portfolio and manage your exposure with the flexibility of CME Group micro contracts in crypto, metals, FX, energy, and equity indices. Learn more about what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash micros. iConnections is the world's largest capital introduction platform in the alternative investment industry iConnections' membership-only platform brings together the asset management community, providing allocators and managers with the opportunity to connect both physically and virtually. With an impressive network of over 4,000 allocators and 900 managers, their community oversees an astounding $48 trillion and $16 trillion in assets, respectively. iConnections is also the driving force behind the alternative investment industry's most renowned in-person events. 
We invite you to join iConnections at their upcoming event, Salt Eye Connections in New York, taking place on May 20th through the 21st at the Glass House in New York City. This two-day event is packed with one-on-one CAP intro meetings and content. To explore more about iConnections events and gain access to their members-only platform, visit iConnections.io. You know, Kara, it's interesting. Um, on your on podcast, I noticed that you have this fine sponsor, an American company that yes. makes fine EVs. And, I love and my I gotta EV. ask you, so it's Chevy I'm so Bolt. Sad. Chevy Bolt, and, and I gotta tell you, um, are, but you, you know troll, the, are you just trolling Elon here? No, because I'm not. I'm sure I love you my had Chevy Bolt. Hundreds of potential sponsors. No, I do. No, no, troll. no, it is not. They came to me. We also did Lyric. <laughs> We're going to probably be doing their next cars. The reason uh, I love my Chevy Bolt, and yeah. I, by the way, they they're not making them anymore yes, because it was that. on an old platform. They're focusing on the I think it's Ultium or whatever they, the name they give it to it. Um, we'll have all those cars on it. We'll have we. I love my Chevy Bolt. I really truly yeah. love it. I do. It's funny. I would I, never buy a Tesla. It's too. I don't. It looks. You're looking at me like I've bought. One. Let me no. just tell you, it looks like an egg. It's not an. I, I, it looks like an egg, and there's a big computer screen glued to the front. No interest. Did you, I have did seen you... the new ones. They have the beautiful Mercedes. If, if I felt like buying an expensive car, yeah. I would. The Mercedes are beautiful. The BMWs are beautiful. The Porsches are beautiful. There's all these. The Lucid. Oh my it's God! Beautiful, beautiful car. What a fantastic car. Why would I pick just one? Like, the, well, first of all, they haven't expensive. updated them in years. That's Another right. Models. It's not pretty. If I'm going to buy a car, I, it's going to be pretty. Listen, if I'm buying a car, it's a 1968 black GTO convertible. Oh, of course it before is. Before the Endura it, bumper, by the way. Let me just say, of course it is. Of course, it is. Of course anyway, it is. Anyway, sorry about that. I love my Chevy Bolt. It's a little snazzy little car. I don't. It's a great car. All right. $28,000. Worth it. That's fantastic. Plug it into the wall at my house. Fantastic. Elon can't cut the prices fast enough to, he can't. to get, to get down to, I still wouldn't get down buy to the bolt. So what's what's the beef that you guys have? What's, I don't have what's a going beef. on? There's what? no beef. I covered him for years. There's so two. I was with you. I was, uh, you know, at, how many times have you interviewed I, him? More I, than anyone. I, I know you have. And I was at Recode um, in, I guess, September 2021. Yeah, that one and was he came fun. out. He had one of those things, guys, like an Around ascot. Around his neck. Something ascot. Like that. Yeah, an ascot. I don't know what was happening there. He has, like, behaved with you. Yes. I've seen him interviewed in person in other places. I've yeah. seen Why was he behaved and why is he not speaking to you right we now? We have had a long relationship where we talked and argued for years and he was sane. I don't know what else to say. I think he's yeah. lost the narrative rather significantly and curdled in some way I don't understand. And for reasons I don't quite understand. He's more paranoid. He's He had a, he had a kind of a, of a trollish personality for 10% of his personality. And every now and then he'd say something stupid and you'd be like, oh, God, or he'd get mad. He, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this interview. Okay, whatever, child. Um, but he was not uh, he was not like that. And then since, since the Twitter stuff, he's gotten red-pilled in a way that I don't understand. I don't even know why because he was— He voted for Myra Flores in Texas. But he also voted, he voted for Biden. He voted for Obama. Well, well Trump, Trump says he didn't, but— Well, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just he's, Something's happened that he's decided that he's, you know, that he doesn't like woke. He's obsessed with that, the mind virus, whatever the heck that is. It's really unusual for the richest—one of the richest people in the world. He's not the richest anymore to be so— like victimized and and thought of as like someone's out to, it's just, I don't know what happened. He got mad at me because of a tweet I did. That's Mm -hmm. why we're not talking. All right. So can you put in some context, because Mm -hmm. again, we all recall you, you've interviewed 
Steve mm-hmm. Jobs, Bill mm-hmm. Gates. I mean, the list goes mm-hmm. on. Every luminary that, mm-hmm. that's ever existed in the mm-hmm. last 30 years. Put us in some context because when you just said something happened, what happened is, and I saw that you retweeted a mm-hmm. comment that I had on CNBC mm-hmm. last week. I didn't see it. because You did he, a great job there. He, Thank you. He canceled my Twitter account, just so you know. So I don't have what? a Twitter account. I've been on since March 2011. When? Um, After the thing? This was April, April 1st. Fools. I played an April Fool's joke. Oh. Um, he referred, back in January, Yeah. he responded to a CNBC video mm-hmm. where I was talking about the fundamentals of Tesla and was talking about him and he called me a doofus. Yeah. Okay. So on April fools, it was the day that they were basically rolling back a bunch of the check Mark stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. I quote tweeted that January tweet of him calling me a doofus. Mm -hmm. And I said, just kidding. Dan at risk reversal is not a doofus and this Mm -hmm. and that, whatever. And I changed my name, not my handle to Elon Musk. But I still had my header up and everything like that. Mm. They really permanently suspended yeah, my gave account. Yeah, you gave him. Okay, but that's fine. I don't really care, okay? Right, okay. So you retweet that. But he's spending time worried about Dan Nathan. Not to say you're not important. No, but you're I'm not, not important. important. Trust that's me. Ask my, ask my daughters. Yes, and doesn't so, he have better things to do, like fix the fucking rocket? So, so, so like, can I tell you what happened? Rocket, so that's sir. exactly it. And this is my point, yeah. is that if you think about, he has said that, you know, free speech is this existential thing for, it may be, for like a, a tiny little- he speaks on his platform. Right. There's so many important things going on. The problem right now with- his head is leverage. Okay. Yeah. He was never liquid. And if yeah. you look at Tesla, the story is broken. Yeah. It's fundamentally mm-hmm. broken. Plus the stock is broken. Twitter is broken. Yeah. He's that $13 billion that he borrowed from all these Wall Street banks yeah. to fund a purchase of a company for $44 mm-hmm. billion. It's now worth 20. Um, I think Tesla is likely to go much lower. This rocket that it just exploded pushed out a manned mission to the moon mm-hmm. by a long time. Mm-hmm. If there's another explosion. That's hard. Let, let's just a- okay. acknowledge. But okay. then go focus on that. Yes, correct. Go focus on That's that. That's correct. Don't do the culture war thing, you know, the free speech bullshit it. and everything. He loves I got to give Mo- uh, Molly Jong Fast a shout out. I think she nicknamed him Space Karen. I've been calling him yeah. Free Speech Karen. That's yeah. pretty genius. Yeah. Um, just go do that. But he's not free speech. He just cuts people off when he fits. It, it, I don't know what's happened. That's right. I think I someone's like, oh, you hate Elon. I'm like, no, I'm like, no I love Space Elon. I love uh, Tesla, Elon. You were always, you push back at me on yeah, the podcast like, the last couple of years. Come on, this is cool stuff. stuff. And they're hard. And by the way, he's got a lot of competitors now, Tesla. Mm-hmm. Space, not so much. He's doing actually some really amazing things, even if they blow up pretty far ahead yeah. of a lot of people. Twitter, Elon's an asshole. Yeah. Like, so it's like hard. And you're like, stop focusing on Twitter. Go back. So it's clearly something in his mind. And he does, I think he does believe he can make it into a, a badillion dollar business. By the way, he can't. It never was. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he could do. Payments, I guess. Maybe that'll work. But would you trust Elon with your credit no, card? I, not Kara you D, Are you DMing? I'm not. I was not no, DMing. No, I've changed it a little bit. Because I don't trust that yeah, you he DM'd owns this me. platform. I, I, I mean, oh, like, I assume they're looking at it. I yeah, just assume. It's like, pretty scary you know, stuff. And well, Is that except direct I say message? That, much. that would be yeah. the direct message. Yeah, it's yeah. probably a bad idea. How do you yeah. guys? Um, how do you guys um, hug it out? What, what's what's going to happen here? I'm it's not over? after he did the Paul Pelosi thing. I don't yeah. think I have any time yeah. for this person. Like I don't. I you know, there's part of me. It's like, oh, I'd love to get that interview, and then we yell at each other for you know an hour essentially, and then. But making up someone who's going to someone a man gets attacked and yeah. and he a radicalized person who was radicalized mm-hmm. online. And then he puts conspiracy theories as the head of Twitter. To his 134 million followers. The trans stuff. Yeah. Unforgivable. Yeah. It's like Trump. We spend far. No, Trump is trying well, to. Although, you know, here's the one thing. People say, why are you talking? I said, you know what? He's critical with Starlink. He's critical yeah. with with yeah. SpaceX. So he's important. Just the same way everyone's like, why do you talk about Trump? I'm like, he's the presidential candidate for 2024. Yeah. And they're like, well, if you don't pay attention to him, he'll go away. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. He's not That's what people away. thought in 16, yes. I mean, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. That's yeah. what the Italians like me think. If you what? don't go to the doctor, it's not going to get any worse. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta talk so about that. We, I asked just last yeah, time, sure. 
Who do you want to? Who you've interviewed everybody? Mm-hmm. Who's out there though? I'd love to interview him, her. I mean, wh- well, there's one. There's one wonderful interview I want to do with Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift together. That would be amazing. Because I want to talk. You know what I want? I want no cuteness of Tennessee cuteness from Dolly, and I don't want any boyfriend stuff from Taylor Swift. I want to talk about business with these ladies because I think they're badass business. I want to talk about. They are so smart from a financial perspective and copyright. I'd like to talk to them about business. I don't want any homegrown. So, have you made corn the overtures? I have tried. I have tried. That is my, That would be a really – because I want to know about them as business people and how they think about their business because I think they are some of the top business people who are entertainers. That's why – Dolly Parton has all kinds of stuff going on with copyright. She owns lots of people's copyright, you know, IP and stuff. Fascinating. Taylor Swift is always on point. Taylor, my daughter Ellie is obsessed. Not just the singing. And let me yeah. say this. Trump. I'd like to interview Trump. Yeah. Do you think he would sit down with you? Yes, because I want. Here's what I want to do. I propose to them. I want to do it at Mar-a-Lago with like velvet ropes, and I want to be right there in the lobby, <laughs> and he'll feel safe, and then I'll be able to do my thing. He's that hard. Would, He's hard. It's hard to interview a, a narcissist of such a massive amount. He, he he would do it. You know, um, Maggie Haberman was just on with um, mm-hmm. your pal Preet, and mm-hmm. the other day it was mm-hmm. a great conversation, mm-hmm. and Preet just looked at her and he said. Why does he keep sitting down with you and yeah. talking to you? Oh, because he, he you're just, you know, you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. give everything to him. You just mm-hmm. write the book, and mm-hmm. and and it, he makes he looks like a jackass. Yeah, he does. Well, he doesn't care. He just, t- I mean, somewhere, and you could probably say this about Elon, because I did a Walter Isaacs interview. He mm-hmm. talked a lot about his father and yeah. the very problematic relationship. Um, somewhere, a, a little small boy didn't get hugged enough yeah. as a child yeah. by yeah. someone. And so I don't, or maybe they started out that way, and then it. Well, got did you worse. read the Ashley Vance book on, on Elon? Yeah, that, that you know he couldn't help; he didn't want to participate in it, and then he, and then no, but then he did. Of course, and, they and, all and, do. And, and, and you know, he, it sounds like he had a tough upbringing. Right. I'll just say this: I was a Pen ninety five. No he was supposedly Pen ninety five. Nobody in my class uh, remembers Elon Musk. Let me just say, I, I, lots of people had that. bad upbringings. They didn't behave like this. Yeah. That's my that's one thing. And I think probably of, of someone I'd like to interview. Gosh, G mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, He'd be hard too. That we wouldn't really get that much out of him. Um, gosh, I've done pretty much everything. I know you have. <laughs> really it's re- it's remarkable. What if most what people if Ford's, say yes? Sit down with Tucker Carlson. Is that something you I would asked consider? him many times? Yes, of course. I've asked him many times. He almost came to Code one year, and then Fox correctly pulled him out. He he accepted, and then they pulled him out. You'd probably do it right. Um, now. You know, I, I'd like to talk to him about uh, private schools because uh, once on a show for some reason he got obsessed with me and he said Kara went to private elite schools and I'm like hey Swanson fortune kid <laughs> like your your private school costs 16 times my private school sorry um, but I think he'd be interesting yeah I think again narcissists so it's hard narcissists are hard to interview no I just think you know you've done so many amazing interviews yeah. I mean I'm sure you do think about these things alright th- who would you like to interview from history from history yeah pick one from history I got it Teddy Roosevelt for me all right. All right. That's I like that. I I would go sort of the Harry Truman. I think Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman. Drop the big I think. Oh, Drop two big ones. He had to make a pretty yeah bold good one. I, I just think I'd love to get inside his mind, understanding the Me? decision. Jesus. Well, I mean, that's the no, that's the first the his, Jesus, the historical Jesus. That would be so fascinating. <laughs> like you know, and he would know what happened, right? So he'd be like, "Oh God, those people," or whatever. That would be, yeah. I mean, I guess go that's Disney, an iconic go one. Disney. Down. All right, so we got we got we got pivot, we got on, we got succession. Yeah. That's coming to an end. Um, yeah. You're no longer doing the code conference, but I no. suspect there's a big conference coming up. And what else? Yes. What else are you doing? You're not writing anymore. So I really loved seeing well, you in book. the New York Times. I wrote a book. I wrote a book. Oh, you did. So tell I wrote us about a book. that. Oh, you know that I wrote a book. Okay. Um, We're teasing that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a book, and it's coming. I can't say the name of it yet. You saw the 
The, it's pretty fire, it's, the, the cover, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's unbelievable. Can <laughs> you say, guys? It's fantastic. Fire emoji. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's good. It's funny. And it's my time in Silicon Valley. And I don't mention everybody. People are going to be surprised because I'm like, some people, I'm like, I don't want to write about them. I don't feel like it. You know, You're not in it, guys. Where do you get your badassness from? Uh, that, to me, by the way, coming, that's yeah. the highest compliment I can pay badassness. somebody. Badassness, okay. Yeah. It's I not just, a word. I understand like that. This. I've but always, it's, always been like this from the it, day I was born. You believe that? Yeah, my mom tells me a hundred. Isn't times. that great? Yeah, I think I was always. Uh, I think being gay it was like you know. Well, they don't. They, at the time, it was hard, and so I was like, oh, they don't like gay people, so I might as well just be me. And um, I don't know. I just always very. Um, when I was born, my grandmother uh, called me Tempesta. So I love that Italian. Hundred percent Italian. You know what that means? I do. Right? Yeah. So that was my name as a child. So very few people it. suffer. You know. You don't suffer fools. And no. as I said earlier, I'm shocked you're here sitting with me. Mm -hmm. But it's not – I think it's extraordinarily admirable. More people should be that I way. I don't think I'm mean to people. I, I didn't, that's not what I said. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yes. I don't think I take cheap shots. I, yeah. don't, I think that's pointless. You know, And it's an interesting thing because a lot of people – like I was just recounting some someone who was making fun of Mark Zuckerberg's looks, his hair or something on his face when he wore that white stuff. And they're like, don't you think so, Kara? I'm like, why are we talking about his looks? Mm -hmm. Like, is this fair? Is this anything to do with anything? We can talk about his issues on the platform, but let's not do that. So I try to be super fair and at the same time not – I don't have time. I really don't have time. You don't either, Dan. Swisher 28. Uh, I'm Swisher Adami 28. Swisher. All right, listen, I, I'll just say this. that Kara came out – I first met you, um, I think it was like 2013. I'm she not, came on our show yeah. um, at Fast Money. Uh, I think she nicknamed us the Screaming Fast Money Screamy guys fast or money. something <laughs> like that. But you've been – no, I know. I was probably, what do you think? It was, That's going to happen. It was probably more Tesla, me. up or down? It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Stop. She's like, Settle down, people. Settle down. Um, it was probably more me, but you've been tremendously generous. Um, no I, I Honestly, I think that some of the stuff that I've din done away from CNBC as mm -hmm. it relates to writing and podcasting, you've been super supportive. You've always said yes, and I really appreciate that no I've learned problem. so much from you. Thank Kara, you. You're so, so nice, but nice guys. You. Well, so, thank you. I gotta so she's go. She's a legend. Legend. She's gotta go. She's go hang out with Louie. I mean, I'm going to hang with Louie. Hi, Louie. She should. Wave to hey, my Louis. son. Thank you. Kara. I'm going to get her hair cut. Get them all cut. All, all right. right, Kara Swisher. You can catch her on On. You can catch her on the Succession podcast. That's the most you can catch fun. her with Pivot. They're all great. So thank you so much. Thank for you so much. Thanks again to our presenting sponsors, CME Group, iConnections, and FactSet. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit follow and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show, and we also want to hear from you. Email us at contact at riskreversal.com. Derivatives are not suitable for all investors and involve the risk of losing more than the amount originally deposited and any profit you might have made. This communication is not a recommendation or offer to buy, sell, or retain any specific investment or service.